I'm ready to uh, preach today. Uh, I'm going to, I want to read uh, 1 John 4 as we start. But as we, before we do that, I want you to stand with, and, and just, we're, we're just going to read it together. We're in this series, As for Me and My House, We Will Serve the Lord. Amen? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's, is everybody adamant about it? Okay, you're adamant about it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And today, I'm going to talk to you from this thought, when love is perfect. All right, you know the song? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Now shout it. Yes, Jesus. Come on, get that. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So the Word of God is true. Jesus does love me. Okay, let's read what the Bible says. It's going to be a long reading. Are you ready? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of the in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. 
Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Keep reading. Verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, shout it, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Verse 20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment so we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Wow. Our text today, perfect love casts out fear. Shout it. Perfect love casts out fear. Father, we thank you for your word, and we receive it gratefully. Thank you for what you are about to do in our lives. We worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now, some people love Valentine's Day, and other people hate it. I have met people who hate Valentine's Day, don't want to have anything to do with it. I think they despise it because of all the relational mess probably that they have experienced. I think a lot of people have experienced relational mess. Amen? You don't have to look at anybody while you're saying the amen right now, but say amen. Okay, just say it under your breath. Amen, amen. Yeah, just shake your head up and down. That's the truth. Just in short, though, the majority of people haven't had the opportunity haven't experienced the love that God wants them to experience. In fact, we say perfect love casts out fear, but they live in a world where they would say, love has caused me to be filled with fear. In fact, I am afraid of love because love stinks. Because love has not brought me joy. I think the reason a lot of people don't get married, instead decide to live together outside of marriage, is because of fear. I think Jesus is calling right now. Amen? And their fear is often justified by their bad love experiences. Some people could write a book on what I'm talking about. You don't need to go to the Barnes and Noble and buy a a messed up romance novel. You have walked through it yourself. But the scripture says perfect love casts out fear. And I want you to understand what that means. Anybody got a water bottle in your hand? Just go ahead and throw it at some. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But that, is, that would be a violent act. So this word, when we read this, that says perfect love casts out, that term cast out is like 
gets thrown out. Maybe somebody's ever been thrown out of some place. You can't come back here no more. You know, somebody grabs you and says, no, you can't come back into this store. You can't come back into this house. You can't come back into this school. You can't do that. That's what perfect love does to fear. It violently attacks and deals with the fear in our life. Anybody want perfect love? Another way of saying that is this. Perfected love cast out fear. Our love is being perfected. Some people throw out the wrong stuff, throwing out each other, throwing plates and dishes. Come on, anybody ever gotten mad and thrown something? Anybody ever got mad and punched something? Just me and John, we're the only two. The rest of you aren't. Come on. Anybody ever been angry and said, I ain't putting up with this? And you start, your body begins to respond to your emotions and you begin to say things. Just get out. I don't want to see you anymore. And then after you've said it and somebody has left, you're saying, why did I say that? Perfect love, however, perfected love deals with the mess. What we will see is living in fear is living in a state of expectancy. Uh, Living in fear is living in a state of expecting judgment. That's what it is. And that's what you just read. If I'm living in fear, I am expecting judgment judgment upon my life. I am expecting I am expecting to be injured. I am expecting to be hated. I am expecting God's ultimate judgment to come against me. But we just read it. Love casts out judgment. There is no torment in your eternity because Jesus went to hell for you and has already said that if you believe in me, you will not perish but have everlasting life. This teaching moves us to understand that only through God and his love and his salvation can we truly experience the the life that God wants us to live with him and with each other. I want you to hear that. Through God's love, you experience relational wholeness. You cannot experience relational wholeness without the love of God. And if you need a few testimonies, I could have some people lift their hand right now and say, nope, never experienced great love apart from Jesus. Can I get an amen? I I love this scripture. I also enjoy Valentine's Day. I think I've always enjoyed Valentine's Day. I, I have a Valentine, all right? She led worship this morning. She's, I mean, I mean, I mean let's, just, let's just go ahead and give her the award for most valuable player, okay? I mean, really. And she ain't playing. You know, I'm just, <clears throat> amen. That's Valentine. It was hard sneaking and getting her a Valentine card because we are together all the time. She still does not know how I got a Valentine card and gave it to her this morning. She still doesn't know, when did you get this? Because she knows where I am at every moment, but I'm clever. 
Do you remember? I don't know if they did this. They continue to do it. But when I was a boy, you bought those tiny little Valentine cards, and you brought them for everybody in your class, you know, and, or just for a few people. I mean, there's some people you didn't want to give that Valentine card to. But, but you always had these tiny little Valentine cards, and, or you had some of those little, uh, little hearts that you would give people. And we would make, I remember in elementary school, we would make Valentine card mailboxes. And you would set them somewhere. Do they still do that sort of thing in school? I don't know, but that's what we did. I don't know if it's politically correct to do that these days. I don't know, but I don't care. I love y'all, okay? I do. I love all of you, and, I, and I'm and i so grateful for, for that. I, I should have given everybody Valentine but, Valentine, but today, this message is my Valentine card to you, all right? This is the best Valentine card ever. Can I tell you that some of the most beautiful people in the world fall in love and get divorced? They do. A couple of my favorite movie stars, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. Anybody remember Brad Pitt? Some of you later is going, ooh, remember Brad Pitt. I come against that in Jesus' name right now. Yeah. Nah, he can be your Valentine for a moment, I guess. Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, when they got married, it's like, what? They had a movie together, thought it was real life, got married. It's funny how they, they always make relationships seemingly work in the movies, you know. But sometimes people can make it work in a movie but can't make it work in real life. And I want you to know that you can't make it work. Of course, you know, in the whole saga of Bradgelina, you don't hear it much anymore. But before it was Bradgelina, it was Brad and Jennifer. And before it was Bradgelina, it was Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton. That's right. It was Billy Bob Jelena at one time. It was Bradifer. Recently, I heard of uh, a legendary talk show host that died. He was in his late 80s. I think he was 89, something like that. And I thought, how sad was that? And then I thought, no, what was really sad was that he was married eight times. Eight times. Well, really, he was married to seven different women, but eight times. One of them he was married to twice. And the woman that he was married to, he was already separated from when he died. Come on, just because you're a talk show host and look good on TV, don't mean that you know anything about love. And you might say, well, that wasn't Larry's fault. It's all those women's. Come on. All of this mess, everything is, everything comes down to brokenness and a misunderstanding of love, marriage, and relationship. Let me just talk to you about the problem here with stories like this. Why would anybody want to get married anyway? But then you see a guy like me and Di- you know, like me, Diana celebrating 40 years, or Donald and Sharon renewing their 50th wedding anniversary, or, you know, like Tam's back here, I believe your mom and dad, they come in tonight for, yeah, praise Jesus, all right, and, and you know, other people doing this, and you think, you know, maybe some people have an understanding of it, Now I'm not, I'm not here to preach on romantic and marital love today, but, but I do know that people don't know a lot about love. 
And there is a strange, diabolical, demonic struggle that our culture is having with love to the point that our culture doesn't even know what love is. So much that they've come up with this slogan for love. Love is love. I'm thinking, what a stupid quote. It makes no sense at all. Love is love. Tell that to all of the children who don't have a mama and a daddy. Tell that to this broken world that has a massive amount of lost and broken families. I'm telling you, love is more than what you think love is. Stop saying it. Rip the bumper sticker off your car. Let me be your pastor for a minute. Some people want me to just, you know, really the movement right now is we need some pastors who will just tell us what we feel like we need. And no, you don't. You need people who will tell you the truth because it's not working that way. This problem can be solved if you want it to be solved, if you're willing to listen and receive and respond today. I'm going to fix some relationships, not just your marriage relationship, but your relationship with love. I want to fix your relationships with others. I want to fix your relationship with God. I want to fix your relationship with yourself and discover perfect love. First of all, let me remind you, if I haven't already told you, fake love stinks. Say it out loud. Fake love stinks. It stinks. This, this should be like a warning poster, all right? Fake love stinks. Whether it's from me to someone or you to someone or someone towards us, fake love stinks. Did I say stinks? It stinks. Thank you. Thank you for the amen over there. And I'm looking at 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Ooh. Now, this is, this is thick. This is thicker than you think it is. But test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Okay? Underline false prophets, and let me fix that. False professors. Those who profess things that are false. Okay, now I just shifted because you thought they were just talking about preachers here. By this you know the Spirit of God. By this you know the Spirit of God. Here's how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Hmm, That's a weird statement, isn't it? Isn't that weird? And this is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and it's now already in the world. This is just, just opening up, all right? Because when you read this, well, wait, look, I, I'm not talking about your husband and your wife here. I'm not talking about your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I'm not doing that. I just want to help you understand what's going on in the spiritual realm, okay? H- here's the reality. Do not believe Everybody. Don't believe everybody, but they're smiling. You don't believe everyone. Your children should not, you say, you want them to be untrusting? Yes, to a point, absolutely. Don't believe everyone. I remember when 
our associate pastor was much younger. I've known our associate pastor for a long time. All right? Because he's our son. But I remember when he was in school and, and they were teaching him about evolution. And he asked if he could say something because he believed in creation. And he got shut down in class because they didn't have time for him to talk. That was a long time ago. He's an old man now. So he wrote like pages about it to bring it back so he could read it. Still, he got no positive response from the instructor. So I would tell my kids, yes, pray for, but don't believe everything that everybody is telling you. I'm telling you right now, there is a spirit of Antichrist out there. Just because someone makes you feel happy doesn't mean they know what love is. Just because you have a friend, it doesn't mean they are capable of the love that you are capable of. You need to hear this. You need to hear it for yourself or your kids. People don't understand the division and the paganism and the weirdness that is in our world today. Just don't get it. So let me inform you, according to the Scripture, every spirit that confesses that Jesus has Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. What? How do you get saved? Does anybody know how you get saved? No, what do you have to do, though? Remember, Romans? You confess that Jesus is the Lord. What is, what is John telling us? That when you confess Jesus as the Lord, then you are of God. But if you do not confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, then you are of the Antichrist. People say, no, I'm just kind of on the fence. No, baby, you ain't on the fence. You're on one side or the other. You can try to walk the fence. Oh, you want, don't you be, you're condemning me. No, you're already condemned if you haven't confessed Jesus. I love you. Jesus loves you. But because he loves you does not mean that you are of him. He loved you enough to die for you. Oh, preacher, you preaching too hard on a Sunday. Love is a wonderful thing. Come on, you've heard this. But love is not love. Love is not just a bridge and all you need is not love. Come on, lo it's like love is everything. Here's what I found. Love is spiritual. I'm speaking beyond your emotional understanding of love. We fell in love. I know, but you also fell in a ditch. You fell in the bathtub. You fell down the stairs. You fell in love. Back off, Jack. I'm glad emotionally you feel that. But until you have spiritual love, don't try to make it look like something that it is not. Jesus. Have you ever been around somebody with really bad breath? I mean, don't, don't poke anybody right now. I don't think I have bad breath right now. But on occasion, I'll be sitting over there. My wife will be near me, and she'll reach over there where we have a secret stash. And she'll hand me a little white mint, and she'll say, you need one of these. Which I am really grateful for. 
I talk to people, pray for people. I do all of that stuff. And I don't want them to go, oh, praise Jesus. I don't want anybody, you know, falling out in my breath. You know, I, I want it to be the spirit. Anyway. Yeah. The thing about the breath, men, is that it is really, though, a disguise for your breath. The problem isn't always in your mouth. The problem with your breath is in your belly. I knew that was a word when I got it. I knew it was. You say, well, I'm saying nice things, and my breath smells fragrant, but what's going on inside? You know, some people think they need a breath transplant, but really what they need is something to be transformed in their belly. Fake love stinks. Am I preaching to anybody right now? If your words are of the world, if your thoughts are of the world, if your temperament is of the world, it has to do with what is inside. Luke 6.45 says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. It's, it's I love you, but I'm not going to change. I, ha- I love you, but I have other allegiances. I love you, but I'm going to keep my bitterness. I love you, but it's on my terms. I'm not going to give up my sin, but I love you. I really love you. Fake love stinks. Old stinky breath can be set free, though. But you don't get to keep the same thing that was in your belly. You have to receive the spirit of Christ. So we have to realize that there are two types of spirits. One is the spirit of Jesus Christ. And secondly, there is the spirit of the Antichrist. I know you're just looking for the Antichrist to come. But if John said the spirit of Antichrist is already here, you need to be aware of it. Do you have a sense in the world right now that there is this move against Jesus? Have you felt like those Christians, those people who preach the truth, who tell you to read the Bible, things like that, we need to get control of those crazy folk. We call this the spirit of Antichrist, but can I take it further? We have either a spirit that will lead us to righteousness and godliness and peace and wholeness, or a spirit that will lead you toward everything that is unlike Christ, anti-Christ, anti-Jesus. And you'll find yourself walking in fear and anxiety. The spirit of the Antichrist. 1 John 2 verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves this world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I could preach on all three of those for a while. The lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. We used to sing an old song years ago, I don't want to get adjusted to this world. Is there any old folks like me that remembers that? I don't want to get adjusted to this world anymore. I've got a home that's so much better. I'm going to go there sooner or later. I'm sorry, I get, I get all country on occasion. It's where I was brought up. Sometimes we're so adjusted to this world. And I, I watch people as, as they age, and, 
And I, anybody love people my age? Anybody love people older than me too? All right, so thank God, all right? There's something that's beautiful. I really recognize it in Diana's dad because we were with him and he was with us uh, and living with us the year before his passing. And one of the things that I loved about him is his focus on eternity, his beautiful, spectacular focus on it. I, I talked to my dad about it. You know, my dad's 82, and I call him on the phone. I, Dad, how you doing? How you feeling? And, you know, and the other day he went on, he started talking about how he was the oldest. He had outlived all, his mom, his dad, his, his sister, his brother, you know, his, many of his cousins that he, in fact, he was older than they were when they passed. And, and I said, well, how do you feel about that? He said, well, I'm looking forward to heaven one day. I'm looking forward to Jesus. And, and you know, and you realize you're not taking this world with you. You're not taking your car. You're not taking your house. You're not taking taking all your money with you. So it's nice that you have that while you're here. But don't get me wrong. A greater thing to have than any of that is Jesus. I'm going to keep preaching this, all right, as long as it takes. I'm going to preach this. First John 2.15 in the Living Bible. Stop loving this evil world and all that it offers you. For when you love these things, you show that you don't really love God. For all these worldly things, these evil desires, the craze for sex, the ambition to buy everything that appeals to you, and the pride that comes from wealth and importance, these are not from God. These are from this evil world itself. Did I say love stinks? And we were, you were thinking about just relational. I'm telling you, some of you right now, the way that you breathe, you can almost smell your own bad breath. I know it's a struggle, but listen to the words of God. In John 15, 19, Jesus said, you do not belong to the world. And so Peter writes, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives that the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. The pagans. Did I tell you we need to learn to live for God in a pagan culture and we need to raise our families for God in a pagan culture? We need to live such good lives that they see us and admire us for who we are. And I've seen people like that. Don't be at home in this world. Are you at home with the brokenness and the sin and the deceit and the way of this world? Come on, don't be at home in that. Are you beginning to realize, my friend, who is living in brokenness? That this world and all that is in it, including the destructive way of living, is going to fade away and eventually be destroyed. I've heard so many of these slogans that I'm just kind of sick of them. What we need is God's love, the kind that is beautiful, the kind that smells right, the kind that wins your family, that keeps marriages whole. You need God's love. In your life, let me let me move on here. One more st statement, at least. When love is perfect, it smells good. Perfect love is fragrant. Wow. Goals, amen. Sometimes I wonder people put on so much perfume that they're trying to cover something up. Ephesians 5, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. 
Perfect love is fragrant. I, I, I love this. This is the story of Jesus who is our example. Listen, love is, I should have put these up. Love is fully sacrificial. Love considers others before itself. Love looks like our precious heavenly father who searched for us and found us in a seemingly reckless way. Though Jesus, who knew no sin, he came for those who did not know righteousness. So how many want that perfect, good smell in love? Anybody want perfect, fragrant love? Come on. You walk into Macy's, it ought to smell better than all of those counters. Anybody ever walk into Macy's and it's like, whoa, what is that? When people come into contact with you, they ought to go, what is that? So how do you get this? First of all, understand this. Perfect love, becoming perfect in love is a process. Now, I told you perfect love cast out fear in 1 John 4 and 18. Perfect. The word needs to be understood as complete and whole. Perfect is complete and and whole, in so much as the process has fulfilled its work. I know some of you are going through it. I know some of you have some things that are going on that are difficult. Listen to me. Keep loving anyway. Did you hear me? Keep loving. No, no. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Refuse bitterness. Keep loving. Keep forgiving. Keep restoring. While I'm at it, keep loving each other. The message of love is often spoken up from the perspective of loving one another just as God has loved you in John 15 and 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. I can't forgive them. So what you're telling me is God can't. If God can forgive them, you need to forgive them. That smells good. This is a vow. This is a covenant statement, and it sounds like a marriage. And I, I asked you last week, how do we raise our families in a pagan culture? When the world sneaks in, make sure it doesn't rub off on you. Well, the only way I can deal with the world is to fight fire with fire. No, you cannot fight fire with fire. You cannot fight hate with hate. Do you hear what I'm saying? The more bad things that people do, we as the church, we just keep rising up and loving them. And I know you're struggling with that right now. But on occasion, the Lord will allow things to come at you, to test you, to help your love be to be perfected. Jesus, help me. Some of you may never be married, but you will be in a marriage covenant. Let me, let me show you this. The marriage covenant is the one that you have with God and with one another. Do you hear me? Let me show you how aromatic and fragrant love works and how it's perpetuated. How do we get this way, okay? Okay. When love is perfect, it's because we live out our confession with Christ with one another. I'm saved. Okay, what are you doing with that? Wow, that is so rich. If I was out there, I'd be taking notes. This is so Perfect love is realized when we live out confessed covenant with Christ and one another. Now hear this. 
First of all, we make a covenant with Christ, right? How many are in a covenant with Jesus Christ? Are you in a covenant? That meant you went to the altar or somewhere. You went before Christ and you held his hands and you said, I confess that you are the Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that you have been raised from the dead. And now, not only am I part of your bride, but your father is now my father. You say, I'm not in a Yes, you are, or you're not saved. You enter into a covenant with Jesus. That's what all of that is about. I make a vow, and he saves you, and he places what's inside of him, inside of you. He consummates the vow by putting his very spirit into your heart. Jesus. Man, I hope I'm preaching as good as it feels in this platform right now. I'm telling you. Do you receive that? Are you married? Yes. To who? Jesus. What? Spirit comes into your life and you begin to surrender yourself and you sh- he shows up in your breath and your words and your lifestyle. I'm saying my life ain't changed. Then evidently you made some vows but you didn't receive his spirit. And your mind is still on things of this world rather than things of heaven. Anybody been there before? How many been? Becomes even more beautiful, a presentation of love. Loving God, living in love. I got to finish. But then you're in another covenant. Now you have a family that you are in covenant with. You say, but we weren't born. You were born again into the family of God. Look around. That's my sister and my brother and my brother and my sister and my sister and my brother and my sister. And my sister and my... You see, anybody, anybody in a covenant with Jesus? You are my family. We are moms and dads and brothers and sisters. Come on, we are fathers and mothers. You receive this. We are absolutely, we're not like a family or sort of a family. We are really honestly a family. We take care of each other. We get together. We through tough times, but we will not stop loving and forgiving each other. Anybody feel that in your heart? Anybody? Anybody love me? Anybody love I love you. You count on these relationships. Some, some people are struggling with relationships with others because they backfire. But we are in covenant. We are family. You can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your family because we're in the same covenant. And if I'm struggling, you're going to come after me. And if you're struggling, I'm going to come and restore you. I'm not going to lie to you because I'm not your fa- because I'm your family. I'm going to tell you the truth. And if the world doesn't like me telling you the truth, they have to get over it because they are of the Antichrist. Now, let me, let me help you with the, this, that other area of your life. You want to fix your marriage? Take your salvation covenant seriously. 
Get saved. No, really get saved. Not fake saved, real saved. Surrender your whole life to Jesus. Confess him. Confess your sins. You might say, well, he hasn't yet. You go ahead and live for Jesus. Because if you're married to a pagan right now, you go ahead and love Jesus, live for Jesus until he or she wants what's inside of you. Don't don't respond with all that negativity to that individual. You go ahead and love. You go ahead and forgive. You go ahead and keep your heart open. And if you're not married, don't marry a pagan. If you haven't both knelt and sought Jesus, if you can't read the Bible together and pray together, don't marry each other. And if you have a question about it, bring him or her to me and I'll tell you. Ask me, have I ever told somebody to give their ring back? Yes, I have. I'm that guy. You don't like that. See, some of you just went antichrist on me. You just did, whoop, I'm out of here. Love is living in covenant with God and living in covenant with one another. And that love is being perfected. It will work out. And you, you, you will know love like you've never known it before. And it smells good. Perfect love. I want you to have perfect love. I, you know, I got to quit. I have a lot more to say, but I got to stop right now. Would you stand up with me right now? Everybody stand up. Stand up with me. I want you to have perfect love. Let's get this started. There's just four things I want you to do. I want you to confess Jesus as your Lord. All right? Now, how long does it take to do that? And let's just confess him. Let's confess him. Jesus, you are my Lord. Say it. Jesus, you are my Lord. All right? Now, secondly, surrender fully to the Holy Spirit. Okay, now listen, listen. I used to think that surrendering for the Holy Spirit was just something I did one Sunday in an altar. And then I realized the cool thing about Holy Spirit is He never leaves you. Walks with you even when you wish He wasn't. Holy Spirit, you stand over here while I punch the... Anyway, that's not what I'm saying. Holy Spirit walks with you through those times and He perfects love. You forgive people that you would otherwise hate. You pray for people who would despitefully use you. You bless instead of curse. I don't know them. Bless them, don't curse them. That's what Jesus did. So surrendering to the Holy Spirit is perfecting. Do you receive that? You say, I'm not perfect. I know, but I'm being perfected. I hope you're getting this. And then allow Him to complete you. What was that movie? You complete me. I can't even remember the name of the movie. But people say, don't ever marry somebody because they complete you. Well, marry Jesus because he completes you. Enter a covenant relationship with him. I'm telling you, I think some people are just trying to fool around with Jesus instead of entering into a covenant relationship with him. I just, you know, I, I have this fling with Jesus on a Sunday. You know, when I'm really sad, I run to Jesus. Allow him to complete your life. And then this is the way you live, loving one another as he loves through you. And some people think, well, that's just a really cute Bible scripture that we should hang on the wall. No, that is in your face. Now watch what will happen. Perfect love then casts out your fear. 
That's what we started with. Perfect love what? Cast out fear. Perfect love throws out fear. I'm going to speak to this. Anybody suffer from insecurity? Because it is massive in our culture right now. Anybody like me who struggled with anxiety before? Anybody like me? I'll just lift my hand up. Just me and John. Okay, okay. What about the fear of lack? The fear of lack. Worried that God won't come through. You know, I've been worried sick before about many things. I've worried about the past and I've worried about the future. Anybody with me on this? When, when you get your mind off of your problems, you will find yourself sometimes still in a place of torment. Because it's always something. But we don't have to fear that God doesn't love us or that we don't or that he won't come through for us in our time of need. We need to learn that God loves us so that our fears no longer control us. The answer to fear is the perfected love of God. Somebody shout, God's got this. Somebody shout it, God's got this. Perfect love is the cure for your insecurity because because some of you have old heart wounds. The cure for an abused, wounded heart is the perfect love of a father. Do you hear me? Your insecurity, your fears, your wounds. Some of you spent many years trying to control everything and everyone in your life. Childhood trauma and adult trauma. Anybody like that? I mean, it was one thing for me to have some childhood trauma. Then I became a pastor and experienced trauma. Out of all of that, instead of trying to control and manipulate people, I found that I needed to learn to trust God, to pray and believe that he would do what was best for me at the right time. Most of all, I needed to learn to live in his love. 1 John 4, 16. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. It points out that we should not, we should be conscious, we should always 100% of the time, be conscious of God's love. Now, I understand this. Now, if you ever see Diane and I walking around the mall, 90% of the time, 99, 100% of the time, you will see her holding my hand. We always hold hands. We're together like constantly, but we'll drive home from the church. She'll reach over and grab my hand. Pastor, you didn't keep both hands on the steering wheel. She's holding my hand. I'm constantly conscious. And she's conscious of me. She knows my needs. She knows my hurts. She knows my wounds. She'll look at me and say, are you struggling right now? Leave me alone, woman. No, I don't do that. But God is so good that he gave me someone who would love me with his love. He also gave me to her. So anyway, I'm I'm talking about my marriage, but I'm saying some of you let go of God's hand the moment you walk out these doors. You need to be holding him and abiding. Say it, abiding, abiding, abiding in his love. 
How can you do this? Can I tell you one of the ways to do this? Just keep talking to him like he's there. Not because he's not there and you're pretending. No, talk to him as he is there because he is there. Abide in him. And then take note of his blessings. You keep forgetting. It's like, God, I've been praying for this. And then it happened. It's like, well, I'm so glad that happened. You forgot that he was the provider. You should have like this huge note on your refrigerator. God did this. Just keep journaling every time he does something. Don't forget what he's done. I have found that the love of God is the cure for my insecurities. Hebrews 3.16. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Romans 8, 38. Let me just read this and I'll be done. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Anybody better? I'm better after preaching this. Anybody better? Anybody feel better? Perfect love does what? Cast out fear. Fake love what? Fake love stinks. Say it. Fake love stinks. Whether it's my breath or yours. Fake love stinks. Perfect love is fragrant. Perfect love smells good. Amen. Just hold your hands up and ask him to renew. In fact, while your hands are up, why don't you say, Lord, hold my hand. All day, all night, hold my hand. Hold my hand. Now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to say this. Lord Jesus, I renew my covenant with you. Welcome, Holy Spirit, to come into my heart. Do you see what you've just done? You feel this? Okay, you've just renewed your covenant with the Lord. Now stay with me. Lord, I renew my covenant with your family. They are my brothers and sisters. They are my mothers and fathers. They are my sons and daughters. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my life to your love. Abide in me. And I will abide in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. All right, now you did that. Are you ready? Does that feel good? I just feel God's love. Wow, I'm loving you guys. If it wasn't for COVID right now, I'd come hug every one of you before the service is over. And I am in the spirit. So we're going to have a toast. We're having a reception right now. So would you take your communion and get it in your hand? Let's give thanks for the groom, Jesus. Somebody give thanks for the groom. Praise God. He said, let, your not, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Thomas looked at him and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what. What do you mean? I don't even know the way. And Jesus said, what? You don't know the way? You don't know me? I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through and by me. And then he went on to say later, he said, it's good for you that I'm leaving. 
Because because I'm leaving, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And he won't just walk with you, but he will be inside of you. Anybody get all of the evidence now? Is that coming together now? Does that make sense suddenly? So here we are at the reception. And Jesus said, whenever you get together as brothers and sisters, as family, I want you to know that I abide with you. And I want you to know that because I want you to receive this. The bread and the cup. This bread. You say, well, I just want to touch him. Hold on to the bread right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your flesh. Thank you for your body. I am a part of your body. I am in covenant with you. Take now and eat it in remembrance of me. Praise Jesus. And this is my blood. Pour it out for you. Take it. And I want you to drink this. And I want you to know that this is my blood. The blood of our covenant. Say it, covenant. The blood of our marriage. The blood of our covenant. You will never be alone. I am always with you. No one can snatch you out of my hand. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Receive the cup. I feel so good. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. If you need prayer today, come down and stand here. I have some altar workers that will meet you here and pray with you. Perhaps your church in the house and online got saved this morning. It's how I feel. Anybody else feel that? We're going to sing this chorus. Leave it online. For Leave it online up for just a moment. Let them sing this chorus again. If you need prayer, come on down. Our prayer workers will meet you here. Come on, my prayer workers, come on down and pray with you. Look at me. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord give you peace. God bless you. Be dismissed. Sing this chorus one more time. Be dismissed.